We're back. Hello, everybody. <sighs> How are you doing? I'm okay. I'm good. I'm a little overwhelmed that summer's rapidly coming to a close. I know. Where did it go? I am not ready for fall. I'm ready for fall, but I'm not ready for fall. Like, I'm dying yeah. for Halloween, yeah. but I'm not, I'm not ready for time to pass. I would just like it to not be so humid. I want to die. (laughs) It was 39 degrees Celsius or 97 degrees Fahrenheit yesterday. Thank you for including the Fahrenheit for me. You're welcome. And it was bad. It was um, really bad. (laughs) We did nothing. We just like laid around because you couldn't do anything. You couldn't really go out because it was just too hot to be outside. No, I don't like feeling like I'm going to melt the moment I leave my home. Like that's not. No. It's not cool. Mm -mm. No. And I'm currently on a working vacation. And you're like, what's the working vacation, Jenny? It's working from somewhere that's not your own house. Because in COVID times, that is a vacation. (laughs) Listen, the change of scenery is enough to, like, manipulate you into thinking that you're... Yeah. <laughs> you're, that like, your really life living is good. it up a little bit. You're on vacation. You're not in your house. It doesn't matter that yeah. you're working eight hours a day. It's cool. It's totally fine. But, yeah, no, it is kind of nice to be um, in a different uh, change of scenery for the first time in many months. So that's nice. It's a cute little Airbnb. So with a nice view and it's in the country, so that's kind of nice. I love that. I want to be in the middle of the woods somewhere. <laughs> I know. It's really good. But there's really good Wi-Fi, so. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that's all I need. I need good Wi-Fi, a cute little countryside cottage, and a lot of wine, and I would, that's prime. Yeah. Perfect. It's true. I I actually have just taken to wearing this captain for the next, like, week. I'm not going to wear anything else. <laughs> I'm just going to switch them out one after another. No one will know. <laughs> So, we are back to what feels like regular Ted Lasso episodes. This episode only just proved that the Christmas episode had nothing to do with the rest of the season. A a pure bottle episode, if you will. Yeah, especially since this episode is all about love, all about romance, romantic comedies, and clearly was supposed to be aired in february for valentine's day so again i say christmas episode was meant to come out of christmas and this episode was clearly meant to be like the first one back after the holidays yeah i don't quite understand the release schedule i mean listen super happy i mean it's ted is back when it's back because (laughs) yeah i love it but i also do feel like it was probably meant for a like october release you know with the format yeah. of all of the episodes, yeah. like a real Maybe. time, the weather it is in the shows, the weather it is at home kind of feel. And it's also, I mean, it's it's a weird thing to think about because in the age of streaming where they drop a season all at once, most shows are kind of timeless. Doesn't really but matter. this feels really structured. So it is. it does kind of throw me for a, yeah. a little bit. This would have been a beautiful Valentine's Day yeah. episode. Yeah, but I honestly loved it. First thought was I really loved it. I'm such a huge fan of yes. and romance movies and romance in general. If you guys have listened to this, you know that I am a huge fan of romance. And it's feminist leanings. Yes, 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 So yes. Yeah, so it was great. I really thought they did a wonderful job. I loved all the little quotes and, you know... <laughs> just little so I was thinking of you know little homages to different you know um, rom-coms from over the years and I just thought that was so fun I I loved it and I 
I really appreciated that in almost every single character's arc this episode, there was kind of a romantic comedy trope. With, with Nate especially, that kind of makeover vibe, like that was very she's all that, yes. like kind of giving him confidence yeah. and, and being like his own person. And absolutely, as much as I'm struggling with Nate this season, it was nice to give the guy some real proper screen time. Like it was nice to dedicate a decent yeah. amount of time to him. I just don't know where it's going. And I'm a little concerned because... I really liked Nate in season one, and right now in season two, I go from either kind of pitying him to being really annoyed with him, and like the combo there is like kind of tough. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I just like you know, like it's. I understand kind of where they're coming from, but like, like what they're trying, what I think they're trying to do, but like he's just like it's so awkward, and it's just like Nate, why are you the way that you are? I know. I think my as I was like making notes for this episode, it was like every five minutes I was like, uh, Nate? Nate? What's going on, bud? Like what's happening here? I know. Oh my god, that whole interaction um at the beginning in the restaurant is just like so awkward. Like just like so secondhand embarrassment awkward. God, yeah. Yeah, it was a lot. And and I'm I'm happy that he seems to have gotten his happy ending with the restaurant but i know it doesn't it doesn't look great so, <laughs> I, I will say meeting nate's dad put a lot in perspective Ooh, yeah. about why he is the way he is so that was nice yeah. to you know to go back to the daddy mm-hmm. issues we talk about a lot in this show <laughs> oh my god so many so many jesus Whew. speaking of daddies god i love roy <laughs> how much do we love roy as a pundit like he's i love listening to the way he analyzes each match i would watch him in real life because it's such a like a breath of fresh air to have real conversation about how people are playing and what to expect and all of these things and i love that and obviously it's close to his heart because he chose isaac to be the captain of the team but having his back too was really awesome to see yeah because it's kind of like you know i think there's a tendency for like even he even kind of says it that they judge them not knowing you know they judge all the players and all the teams um not really knowing sort of where they're coming from or not or choosing not to know where they're coming from and so yeah i I, you're right it was really nice that he was kind of like he still had isaac's back even though he's like richmond you know like he wouldn't he's always kind of like brushing it off but you know at least with with isaac he's trying to you know stick up for his buddy yeah it's it was really nice to see i i i love the roy that we're getting this season i every episode just love him more and more and more and i'm so glad that he was sort of the like it was like this episode treated him like the love interest yes it totally and i loved that because we've seen him play the hero a lot because, you know, you you and I have been talking a lot about how we feel like Roy is a very modern romance hero. It was yeah, nice just really. to feel like the show was courting him a little bit this episode. So that's, you know, when this whole, this whole episode, it was all about, like, you know, there's so many different, like you said, tropes from romance novels. But there wasn't a lot of, like, actual, like, love mm-hmm. stories. It was more, like, romance tropes for other people 
parts of yes. people's lives, if that makes sense, right? So, like, like you said, like, you know, Ted and, and the the team are kind of, like, courting Roy and, like, you know, the the makeover of Te- of Knight's mm-hmm. life, you know, kind of, like, his little, you know, he's trying to get, you know, more confidence or whatever. And then the only one, really, that was kind of, like, sort of romance, like, love story-ish was the, um, you know, you've got male sort of Rebecca and her... Her anonymous um, caller. Secret, her anonymous caller, yeah. Which we'll get into <laughs> I've had multiple people yell at me for my theories, so. Oh, man. (laughs) I'm excited to hear it. I really did. I really loved that moment in the locker room with Brom communism. I just, I think my favorite parts of every episode are getting to see the team together and the way they riff off of each other. I think the the humor there. I think so, too. Is so good. And I love that it's a group of athletes Getting to talk about yeah. their favorite romantic comedy stars, their favorite movies. I know. I mean, the conversation about the three Kates and uh, J-Lo. I mean, it, it had me dying. Like, that was one of my favorite parts of this episode, yes. for sure. It was so funny. And it was like, there's so many different ones. Like, oh, so many of different players were just like, you kind of got to see all of them and they're all interacting. And it's not just like... It's not just Sam talking or it's not just Jamie talking. You know, I like that we get this whole ensemble yes. kind of going and it's just so fun. And I think, too, to go back to what you said just before about how they took these romantic tropes and applied them to not romantic situations. I think understanding that that Ted has this idea about what rom-communism is and the fact that he sort of applies fairy tales, romantic comedies to, to real life says so much about his like where his head at is at all times it explains so much about his personality both yes it's this like really bizarre (laughs) idealism that like sometimes really really works and is needed and necessary and then there's points and i think we've seen it so far where that idealism it doesn't really apply to everything you know, and he's, I think, struggling with what that means. And mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. No, I know. I think it's like, you know, there's, like you said, there's, there's great moments when that idealism and that positivity and that, you know, we can do it work. But then there's other moments when it's like, when Coach Beard says to him, it matters if we win. Yeah. It matters to those players that we need to, like, we need to win. And those are, I think, that's kind of one of the moments where it's like your idealism is tiring after a well, while. Well, and it's like, it's a nice thought process, but Beard is right. Like, this isn't a college football team. This isn't a high school team. This is a, a team of paid athletes, a team sponsored yeah. by a major corporation who... The team has also been struggling with financials, I think, the last season and a half. So, like, if they lose, it means something. And it has to mean something because that's your mm-hmm. job, right? Like, you're playing this sport to win. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, people are playing you to win. Like, every other team you play is treating it like a job. So you have to do the exact same thing. Otherwise, you're going out there every day like a big schmuck. Right, for sure. And I think I think it's interesting that he adopts this mindset but can't really extend that sort of optimism to Dr. Sharon. Yeah, it really annoyed me how he just shut her down this episode it really bothered me and I get it I know it's all part of the I know it's all part of the storyline and it's all part of the plot and I'm confident everything will have been worth it but it was just so I don't know maybe it's having been a woman who has worked in 
uh, industry with that's mostly men for the last decade. Just watching another, a woman get like, just like kind of brushed aside is just like, it's irritating in, in any setting, in any media, you know, I'm just like over it. Hell yeah. I just kept thinking like, if you want Isaac to talk to a big dog, Dr. Sharon is a big dog. She's proved herself to be a big dog. So it's like, it's annoying. (laughs) It is. Now, I'm not saying that what Ted's plan was wrong. It wasn't. It worked, and it was really good, and it was probably what um, Isaac needed. However, like, there's more than one way to do Mm -hmm. things. What's that saying? It's totally There's more than one way to skin a cat? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, so yeah, I think, yeah, it, it was definitely great. It, it it was necessary for Roy's arc in this episode. So <laughs> anything for Roy Kent. Yeah, anything for Roy Kent, but it did hurt. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. I, I know, obviously, that they are setting up so many things to, to sort of culminate through the rest of the season. But where I am with Nate and where I am with Ted, I'm like, I want to just... I want to just shake him a little bit and be like, what's going on, guys? Yeah, exactly. Totally. Totally. Yeah, I just, yeah, it was hard. It was hard. But I did love, one of the things that made me laugh so hard this episode was everything about Rebecca and her, like, anonymous I love I love seeing Rebecca navigating the dating world because it is so real. When she's, when she's messaging and then she throws her phone so she doesn't have to see it. <laughs> who hasn't done yes, that? Exactly. Like who has not ever done yeah. that? So I'm right. I'm dying to see where this goes. And I I love how supportive everybody is. Keely's mm-hmm. really supportive. Higgins yep. giving her romantic oh, advice God. and that I love the Higginses. I'm just They're the say best it. couple Jeremy, on the show. Jeremy Swift and Mary Roscoe are like all they the girls. Are so funny and and i i also loved that scene between rebecca and higgins where he's talking about how he met his wife and like this beautiful kind of moment and then she's just like it's so odd to imagine you young (laughs) yes i know Uh, and then he goes on to say how he was like the youngest kid in primary school with sciatic so odd but so and i just love the visual that he was like going through his punk rock stage at the time that he met his wife oh my god with a mohawk amazing i want to see it oh my god be still playing that upright bass oh my god so fucking (laughs) hilarious it's a beautiful visual it really was (laughs) so funny speaking of keely oh my gosh that scene with like her and nate in her office when nate is like holding a pillow like he's at a therapist i kept thinking how much i love that keely's office such a perfect representation of who she is and to see nate come in and squeeze that pillow really tightly i was like i know i was like of course that must be so soothing to you right now to like sit in the I pink know. chair and hug the fluffy pillow yep. and have Keely talk to you. Yeah. And- oh, I know. It's so, oh, it's so great. It was just so, but also like poor Nate. Like he's so, oh, Nate. It's just so sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I just, this is going to sound so mean of me, but I don't have a lot of empathy for grown men who like don't know how to. <laughs> like function mm-hmm. in the real world like come on bro get it together we all we all know yeah but i do really appreciate seeing keely 
and Rebecca so quickly take him under their wing. Yeah. And I especially love that Rebecca's solution to Nate not getting the table he wanted is her just buying the restaurant. It was, like, very Bruce Wayne of her to be like, oh, I'll just buy it. I will fix it. I will just buy it. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Right. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And I love how when she sees him kind of, like, being like, she's just, like, she's not just, like, oh, God, get out of my office. She's, like, oh, we have work to do. Like, old Rebecca would not have done No, and I, I love where she's at right now. Like, she is so game- for anything, I I love it. I love it. I know, and she's such like a team player, and just like for everyone, right on her team, she's just it's it's so great. Um, we have to talk about the transition in to that next scene with Roy at the kebab shop, but how they oh, yeah. zero in on Norm from Cheers. Yes, that because was so now good. after learning that Sudeikis is Norm's nephew. Yeah. It's, it's even, even funnier, funnier, and obviously that is the joke. Like, go, oh, Daria, that's the joke. Yeah. But yes, I, I was yes, like, yes. oh, I just learned this, and now I actually get it, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> I get this joke. I understand that reference. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then when Ted is like, I'll have what he's having, like an obvious reference to when Harry met Sally, which that is so great. That whole interaction was so great to me because we haven't seen Roy and Ted together at all this season. No, that's the first one. That's the first That's the first interaction this and season. And it was so good. I mean, I, I think that they have so much chemistry against, like, off each other. Oh, for they sure. They make me laugh so hard when, whenever they have any sort of scene together. It's so good. I I just got really excited. I got really excited. I was like, Roy and Ted are back together again. This is the best. I know. I loved the when they talked about the GIF and a GIF and how they brought that back from last season. That was really Also, funny. I pronounce it GIF, and I will stand by this until the day I die. It is GIF, not GIF, and everyone can go fuck themselves. <laughs> I think we just found the line between Daria and I. <laughs> we may talk the same. We may mostly laugh the same. But the gif jif is the Now you know, for everyone who's listening to us and they can't figure out who's who, it's because I say jif and she says gif. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Um, But that kebab guy was, like, so weird, but I loved it. It was... (laughs) When he asks if they're father and son. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. See, that's what I love about this show is that they give these, like, little blip moments. They give those actors a lot of just really funny moments. Like, the kebab guy, the uh, security guard at the very end. Like, they give these, like, little five-second actors fucking hilarious moments, and I appreciate that. They're, like, really a part of the world, and I I love that. Yeah, it's so good, and it's just, like, it just adds this layer of, like, authenticity, Mm -hmm. but also, like, pure... Yeah, I mean, everyone's in on the joke. Like, the entire universe they've created, everyone is sort of playing at that that same level, which is awesome. Yeah, for sure. And then, oh, one one thing about when Keely and Rebecca are helping Nate, the whole part about how um, Rebecca was trying to make herself tall. Life-changing moment. <laughs> oh my god, I know. I love it so much. It's great advice, but also Hannah Waddingham, I she she's like she has such great comedic timing she has she's such a great actor but like i've never thought of her as like a physical no i know but this episode i was like oh you can do everything because you're perfect 
<laughs> I gotta be honest with you, I've never been more attracted to her in my life than when she got big. I was like, damn. Okay. Like, I I was very much Keely in that moment where she's like, let's invade France. France, I know. I was like, that was so great. Let's do it. So funny. <laughs> yeah, it was so good. And when... That just reminds me, right, sorry, right before that, when Nate is, like, trying to, like, get confidence, and then Keely is, like, m- intentionally saying his name, and he, like, freaks out and calls her a dithering kestrel, that is, like, my favorite insult from, like, I just love it now, it's my favorite. It is really interesting, though, that Nate goes from, like, zero to a hundred. He's either extremely, like, mousy and small and insecure, or he's, like, a total fucking asshole like there's just no in between I know like there's no like, in between bro you gotta like yeah. level out a little bit you, get, you gotta meet somewhere in the middle here yes yeah it was a lot, it was <laughs> a lot. <laughs> oh gosh okay that scene that whole interaction between isaac and ted and roy was so funny to me it was so weird i love that like so ted had weird. no idea what was happening and it was like we're just gonna do what roy said to do because like that's what we gotta do and like yeah isaac exactly. is nervous they're probably gonna get murdered under an overpass somewhere like right and then you see roy pop up out of the shadows <laughs> god it's just like i just loved it he's and he's growling and he's just being mad and it's just like so perfect so it's, it's also really cool too because the attention that they're giving roy as a character i think is really important because he is sort of the grumpy adorable kind of mess of a human but it's also nice to remember that he's been playing football his entire life soccer football whatever it is such a huge part of him yeah. and the fact that we get to find out where he grew up and that he mm-hmm. still plays in the same field with the people that he grew up with yeah. that still live there like that yeah. scene was so special yeah and i think it it's kind of like you know he really does have so much more experience than isaac and the fact is like as much as he complains about not wanting to be a part of it he really does want to share what he knows and and what helped him because he knows that isaac can be maybe as good as he was you know in his prime right and and i love that it works like i love that that was what isaac needed he needed to be reminded that it's a game that you fell in love with and that it's supposed to be fun and you're supposed to feel good doing it and i love i love that a he got his ass kicked and then finally like came into his own and was like killing it out there yeah exactly finally it was like it was like he remembered all the things that he was supposed to you know or all the things sorry he remembered all the things that he had kind of like forgotten you know because it probably is hard having had so many draws having had so many losses it's you know they're they're struggling right and so especially as the team captain like that's an immense weight (laughs) and pressure you know so yeah I, I just loved that that's what he needed and that they showed us that and that they didn't yes, drag it out yes i think too what was really what was really cute was roy asking ted at the very end like was that all right did i do a good job i know <laughs> yeah that was so good it's like so, this little sort of like humbleness to roy that you don't 
see very often. And it was a really vulnerable moment that I wasn't expecting to see with Ted because he doesn't like to show all of his cards with Ted specifically. So that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because he doesn't want Ted to use it against him. Yeah, exactly. And then also the Gina Gershon call out. I was just going to mention. Yeah, that was great. (laughs) I love Ted. That makes me happy. Happy. Just that someone also, got to do that. God, could you imagine Gina Gershon and Roy Kent together? What a fucking power couple. Gina oh, Gershon. Yeah. I'm, Damn. Exactly. Jeez, Roy. Amazing. Yeah, I liked, I also, I also really liked, what was I going to say? I liked the end, you know, when it's just Roy and yes. Ted walking around and like, you know, Ted's just trying, he's pulling everything he can out of all his little rom-communism bag, a bag of tricks, just trying to get Roy to say yes. And Roy's just like, fuck you. Fuck the you, emphatic <laughs> no was like very interesting to me. And I... I know that he has a lot of weird shit about how he feels about football and how probably embarrassed he still feels about his retirement speech and all this sort of weird masculinity stuff that he's, like, very clearly dealing with. But it was amazing that he didn't even hesitate. He was like, no, I'm never coming back. No. Okay. Like, that's it. I'm done. Like, are you sure, though? (laughs) But I think, yeah, you're right. I think it's just him sort of struggling to, to, you know... (sighs) Be able to be on that field in a new and stand in yeah, a new it's spot. Yeah, you know? it's got to feel weird because he obviously still loves playing. And I think yeah. he feels very kind of upset that as old, at quote unquote, old as he is for this, the league, it's yeah. it probably feels too soon for him. And to have to now be on the yeah. sidelines, it's like that saying, like, those who can't do teach kind of thing. Like, that's got to yes. be, that's got to yeah. be something that's like kind of living with him, even though we kind of know that line is bullshit. But like, for yeah. him, it's... But it's still got to feel yeah, that way. Exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Oh, and so just before we get to like the whole Roy meltdown slash realization on tv we need to talk about rebecca and her banter conversation yeah so we know rebecca has been talking to london 152 or l ln ldn 152 the user on banter i think she said what like a week yeah or something? yeah like, like a said? week i don't know a couple weeks or something and we see it kind of throughout the whole episode she's like chatting back and forth with this person and you know they're very well read you know they're very like not beat around the bush like you know kind of no nonsense but not in like a not in like a grumpy way just like a hey all cards on the table yeah kind like of the kind of way. guy who knows exactly what he wants and isn't really gonna play games yeah exactly so i understand given that the episode was like this whole rom-com sort of esque episode that they're really going for the whole you've got mail and the cut to ted giggling on his cell phone and putting in his pocket i understand i believe it's a fake out i'm sorry guys i think, I think it's, it's a definitely fake a fake out. out i fully agree yeah i think it's beard <laughs> okay i th- i think coach beard is rebecca's banter anonymous i mean well because technically him and jane broke up so we know him and jane broke up because he mentioned specifically in a previous episode that he would not download it because he was with jane and they had shared the cloud so she would know that he downloaded it but then in the christmas episode he he did say that they had broken up so there's no reason to think that he has not now downloaded yeah i think i think beard is a really good guess i've also heard the theory that it's trent print because think about it let the record know my mouth is very wide open right now <laughs> i mean let's oh let's think about God. the characters in the show that would 
quote Rilke, right? Like, who who do yeah. we know that's that well-read? So... Yeah. Oh, my God. I never... It, I totally forgot about <laughs> Well, because, Krim. you know... It, okay, that would be I fucking know. hilarious. If it's either Beard or Trent Krim, that would be hilarious. All I know is that I want Rebecca to just be happy with someone who, like, cherishes the ground that she walks on. So, whoever it is... Yes. They fuck up. They hurt. Rebecca, we're going to have a problem. I'm going to be the stereotypical redneck dad with a shotgun. What are your <laughs> my, what are your intentions with, with my favorite football owner? Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Oh, wow. I am, like, laughing so hard. I just, like, cannot stop thinking, what if it's Trent Krim? That is so funny. Yeah, I, I understand that, that that cut to Ted was definitely intentional. But he also messages with his son before every game. So I feel like yeah. that was just a nice little red herring to the Ted and Rebecca Shippers. Yeah. And, like, obviously, I stand on record by saying I would love to see one day them just make out, like, once. That's, like, to the extent. I mean, I'm, I'm an old school shipper. I just sort of think about it. But I don't demand it out of yeah. my shows, you know? If it happens, right. great. You know, like petition writers. No, we're not going to have a change.org petition to make sure that I get my way. That's very uncomfortable. Writers should write what they want. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, gosh. Oh, wait. Can we go back really quick to Nate spitting on the mirror at the restaurant? Oh, my God. How do we forget that? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, we need to I am conflicted. What? I'm conflicted. I'm very proud that Nate got his shit together and, like, made himself feel big in whatever way he needed to do that. Clearly. Got his confidence Clearly, up. that's what he needed. But, like, who's going to clean the spit up? Like, come on, man. You couldn't have just, like, wiped this, wiped the mirror with your sleeve or something. But also, like, wow. Okay, Nate. Like, <laughs> there are things we don't I, know. I know. Um, I was really not expecting, what? was really not expecting that kind of, like, aggression. But see, again, zero <laughs> to a hundred. There's, like, no in between there. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. It was a lot, yeah. And then I did... <laughs> When he tells the the waitress that she could also give her him her number, she's like, no. She's like, sorry, I'm kind of picky. He's like, oh, I'm picky too. I loved that. I loved it's that. Like, so funny. So oh good. Oh god. Oh gosh. Oh, and then we get to the pinnacle of this episode: Roy's meltdown and realization on TV that he needs to be a coach. Uh, all of the Emmys to Brett Goldstein for that scene because to see Please. the emotion sort of like oh my god, settle into his features, he gets really tense. His eyes start to water. I mean, he's really getting it's, emotional. It's, it, and it's so like the the changes are so subtle, but like they they happen, and and you're just like watch, and you're just like <gasps> you feel it, like you're like oh my god, Roy. well because again, right? Like we haven't seen the retirement speech fully, right? We only got that like fully, little few yes. second clip. So our understanding of Roy mm-hmm. and the way he deals with his emotions he doesn't do it all that often and obviously that's been something that him and keely have been working on and so to see him really kind of bear it all on national tv Mm -hmm. to see him bear it all like that on national television that was that was prime sexy roy kent oh yeah perfection the sexiest the sexiest and then i just and then we get this whole amazing roy running to the airport montage (laughs) 
you know, airport, racetrack, whatever, dog track, whatever. It was whatever. so good. I loved it was every so good. It was, moment. It was just like those perfect going, running to the airport in a rom-com to like catch the plane before the love interest gets on it. And they got to take this taxi and they got to do this. And then they got to take this guy's bike. It was just like, it was so well executed it was so good <laughs> the commitment to roy's knee injury if i have to see that man crack his knee into place one more time i'm gonna oh, lose my mind it's so it's gross so gross oh, so gross oh so na- i can't even handle people like cracking their knuckles okay like it is oh, like gag inducing <laughs> for me every time also he does can it. we talk about <sighs> When he gets in the back of the taxi and he pulls out like hundreds of dollars, like what? I'm I'm sorry. There's like several thousand dollars <laughs> what are in that wad. Doing? Why do you have that much money in your in your jacket? Have you heard of a yeah a credit card? Like, come on, where's your debit card, dude? Like, what what are we doing? My my head cannon though is that he keeps thousands of pounds on him for when he's hanging out with Phoebe and she cashes in on her swear jar. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. She's just like, Mm-mm, hand it over. No tab today. I need money for school. Oh, and then, of course, like, the whole Reba McIntyre oh thing. Oh, my God. Of course it's Reba McIntyre. And he's, and he's so, like, fuck. Like, I think you're holding a ticket for Reba McIntyre. <laughs> like, he's just, he's yeah. like, Ted is going to troll me until the very end. I know, and I loved how the ticket guy was like, nice to see you, Reba. <laughs> Oh, and to go back to to what we were saying about all of those, like, you know, one-scene actors getting these really great moments. You've Mm -hmm. got the ticket guy. You've got the two security guards. And when when Roy tells him to fuck off, she's like, oh, it really is you. Oh, it is you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I thought that was quite funny. Oh, just the moment. When he walks on to the field, I was just like, and everyone starts chanting. And I'm just like... (gasps) It was such an epic moment. And I think, like, what the show does really well is it creates these sort of beautiful moments in really smaller interactions, right? Like, the bond between teammates and coaches and friendship. Like, there's, it's like a smaller stakes kind of show. To have Roy walk into Mm -hmm. the stadium and everyone lose their shit, chanting his, I mean, that was the most epic. It was so like great. Heath Ledger singing to Julia Stiles in 10 Things I Hate About You. <laughs> like, it had that air of, like, bands. Oh, my gosh, yes. It was It was the show's grand mm-hmm. gesture to Roy Kent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it really was. Oh, and I just loved that of all the lines they used, they used the lines from Jerry Maguire at the end. It was I so know. perfect. I know. You had me at coach. This was, this was such a good episode. It was so good. It was, oh, I just loved it. It just solidified everything that I knew the show oh, could yeah. do and did. And it was it was a really great episode. And I have full confidence now that the rest yes. are going to either be as good or I'm it. so excited for what this has set up. I'm excited that we oh, have Roy yes. back with the team. We have Roy back with Ted and that dynamic. We have that dynamic, Roy yes. and Keely now as co-workers in a way. Oh my god, I cannot wait to see Roy and Jamie's dynamic. <gasps> Yeah, it's actually funny that the episode didn't really utilize Jamie all that much. Like, we got him a little bit more as a background character. Yeah, um, 
but I was okay Yeah, with it's that. been interesting like, to see the way the show has decided to, like, elevate certain characters in one episode and then put them in the background in the other and kind of switch off. Yeah, it's kind of nice. It's almost like it makes the ensemble feel more ensemble than just, like, the, the 12 sort Yeah, of like, lead characters. Front, yeah, sort of lead front characters. And so that's been kind of nice, I think, to, to have that sort of switch up. Which was not, I don't think they did that quite as much yeah. in season yeah, one. Yeah, you're right. But I, I'm really like, I'm really yeah. enjoying it. And I like that things with Dr. Sharon and Tad are coming to a head. We haven't really talked too much about Dr. Sharon in this episode, but her sort of like really heavily hinting that Ted needs to get in her office at the end. She literally told him to come yeah. to her office. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, let me bang down that door for you. I know. I'm, I'm not digging I'm not digging Ted with this this is very irritating to me like yeah I I had a lot of like all of my moments where I was like we're about Ted this episode and that surprised yeah. me but I think that's kind of what they're going for I think yeah. that's what they're you know they're trying to give him depth and dimension and I appreciate that I, and I, I, really I do. think too we're getting aggravated with him and some of the characters in the show are getting aggravated with him and I do think we're getting yeah. getting to that boiling point very soon where we're going to get some really Ted-centric, Ted-specific moments to sort of figure out what the fuck is going on. Yeah, exactly. No, I think you're right. I think it's all building. It has to build. We have to see people. We, you know, we saw we saw glimmers of it in this episode with Coach Beard kind of getting irritated with Ted about his whole um, Sheffield Wednesday, Saturday sort of joke, which normally I think it was kind of like the kind of joke that they usually do, like the kind of, you know, that they play off of each other and they make those dumb jokes, like the two tenths right. joke from earlier in the episode. But I found like he was super, and he seemed very irritated by Ted in that moment for some reason. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious to see how that's yeah, going to work out. And I mm-hmm. am especially curious to see how Nate is going to handle Roy joining the coaching staff. Yeah, that face of his at the end when when Roy kind of stood with them on the field at the end was not great. <laughs> not great. You know, and I, I get it. I do. I get it. Like, Nate being promoted to coach was a big deal. Probably the coolest thing that's ever happened yeah. to him. And of course, I yeah. think between... Ted and his joke about Nate not being the big dog. The big dog. And then bringing in Roy. He has to feel like maybe he's yeah, not being replaced, a little bit but like he, he's maybe not quite as important as he thought that yeah. he was. Yeah, maybe that's um, that could be part of it. Though I did see like a screenshot from from the upcoming episode, and they're all there on the field, all four of them. So I'm hoping, I'm hopeful that you know we get we get some sort of interesting sort of dynamics between Roy and Nate too because you know Roy has always been in Nate's corner well right that's what I was just thinking about I was like Roy is the reason that Nate kind of was able to gain that confidence of becoming a coach because he got the team to lay off him a little bit yeah exactly yeah well we'll see I hope I hope that's the case I'm I'm really happy that like episode five episodes in we have what seven more six or seven more uh seven so we're starting to hit that midway point and we're starting to get the setup that we're like you know dying to see what's gonna come next so yeah exactly well another episode wrapped reviewed thoroughly enjoyed thoroughly enjoyed an homage to rom-coms is like the fastest way to my heart so thank you ted lasso writers because 
I loved it. Loved it. So, where can they find us? All right, guys, you can find us at hotelvicarious.com or on social at Hotel Vicarious on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, thanks for checking in to Hotel Vicarious, everyone, and we hope you enjoyed your stay.